It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the CFPs on the program. With me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Are you set up to optimize how Social Security will work in your financial life? Over the years, our team of CFPs have helped thousands of people enroll in Social Security. So today, we're going to answer some of the most common questions that we've gotten about this process. That and more on this hour of the Wise Money Show. Yeah, that, great job, Kevin. So just just here's how this works. I I lay out everything in the Wise Money Show is organic. I okay. Here's the topic we're going to talk about. Here's a rough path we're going to take, and I'll lay out. Hey, here's here's a good teaser. It's always terrible. I I just I I just teed Kevin up terribly. So great job. That was much better than Thank what you, I had uh, ready for you. If you have a question for the program, Social Security does bring out a lot of questions. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Call or text five seven four two 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 thousand five seven four. 222-2000, onlinewisemoneyshow.com is where you can find us, submit questions that way as well. And all of our social media, we're there as well. Search The Wise Money Show. I, I said this before we started recording. People love to hate Social Security. It really does get a bad rap. For sure. And, and yet it is a social security blanket, really. I mean, without it, I don't I don't know where we would be as as an economy. And yes, 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 yes. If I was around back when they introduced it, the political debate and and divisiveness just because of the fiscal challenges that that uh, are kind of embedded within it, uh, I don't know what my opinion would have been. But you know, what seventy five years later, yeah, this is a social safety net. And yet, we love to hate it because you pay Social Security taxes on every dollar you've ever made, for the most part, uh, in, up to a certain limit. And you're not sure you're getting a good return on that investment. And um, you're, you know, we know we're on a path towards insolvency. So it's, it's broken, and they haven't fixed it, and they need to fix it. And yet, it is a vital, vital piece of your retirement. It is. And how you draw it, when you draw it, your decisions around it can change your finances by the tune of a couple hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, you're talking about people who are optimizing their yeah. their social security. For many though, it is their retirement. You know, there are so many Americans, they really are living on this fixed income and it is potentially a struggle for them. It's more than just a supplement to what they've already built up for themselves. They need social security to you know, maintain some sort of, of cost of living increase so that they can keep up with the growing costs of just living life into retirement. And um, that's not what we're trying to paint a picture for you today. You know, we, we are encouraging people to get started early in their own retirement planning and to, to be thinking out there, what, what is the life that I want to have for myself, for my family 20 years from now, 30 years from now? Maybe it's just 10 years out for you. It's not too late for you to be planning ahead. And one of the mechanisms that can help you fund a great retirement for yourself is Social Security. But it shouldn't be the only one. That's not the ideal future that you would want to be building for yourself. Instead, this needs to be um, a tool that helps supplement what you've already built up in your own retirement nest egg, your own resources and everything. 
And um, yeah, we want you to be able to get the most out of this tool. Yeah. Right. And in doing so, we're going to where we're going to take the conversation is what are the most common questions that we've gotten from clients? Not about, well, how do I optimize or how do I strategize or how do I plan for Social Security? But no, once you've decided and you've worked with your CFP, I'm going to I'm going to turn it on at this point. Well, then what? What are the most common questions when you're getting signed up? And we're going to talk through that here in just a second. But but to start, I want to talk to just a couple other facts with Social Security. And um, and the first is that, yes, even though you love to hate it and it's got all sorts of flaws, it does three facts about it is it slays the three retirement income dragons in all other retirement income approaches that you have likely only slay two of these at best and maybe even just one. Okay, and what are those? Number one, Social Security is going to last your entire lifetime. And hopefully that's a very long time. And yes, that creates some challenges in the system. That is why Social Security is insolvent or on the path towards it right now is because people are living much longer. What other income stream in retirement can you say for sure will last your entire life? Social Security does. Number two, Social Security has a annual cost of living adjustment. And when we brought this up before, people said, no, you don't get an increase every year. Uh, correct. There's a cost of living adjustment every year, but that sometimes that formula yields a 0% increase. That's rare. But what other income source do you have keeps up with inflation? You might say, well, I've got a pension that does. Likely the calculation isn't as strong as the one Social Security uses. Is it flawed? Yes, absolutely it is. But it does have a cost of living adjustment every single year that can be applied to it. And then third, the amount of your Social Security does not change when the stock market's volatile. It, so it basically, it is immune from stock market volatility. And again, what other income sources do you have in retirement that have that level of assurance? So it slays those three retirement income dragons, making it a pretty unique and valuable retirement planning tool. And so let me argue the argument that is possibly being raised right now. The, the person that says, hey, well, Mike, I have a pension. So therefore, that is that's a slayer of those three dragons. It actually could be, but I've seen it where it's not. So I've seen the client in 2009 in May got a letter from the pension fund and said, "Listen, you're going to your pension fund, the amount you're getting from the pension fund is going to be reduced starting September 1st." And um, we don't know what it is, but our choices are either to reduce these amounts or become insolvent. Now, when they become insolvent, they go to the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. And you, if you're expecting uh, a certain pension, you would get a likely a percentage of that. Yeah, half or less. Right. Yeah. And so... And so this is where you you know there's you can argue back and forth, but for sure with a pension, we've seen it. We've seen the yeah. pensions, and this person had a three thousand dollar a month pension that went to close to two thousand dollars a month. So I mean, he lost a thousand dollars a month, and that was in two thousand nine. He's still getting that pension. So I mean, think twelve thousand dollars a year from two thousand nine to two thousand twenty three. Mm-hmm. You know, the private version of a, of a pension, like something that you could set up for yourself, is an annuity contract as well. You can enter into a relationship with an annuity company and basically trade a pool of 
dollars for a stream of dollars. In other words, they, they take dollars that you invest into the contract and then turn it into an income stream that could potentially, if you set it up uh, the right way, it could last as long as you live. And that's dealing with one of these major risks that you're pointing to, Mike, and that's longevity risk, that you live longer than you ever imagined you would and you run out of money because of it. Well, if you have things like Social Security or a pension or an annuity payout that will go as long as you go, mm-hmm. then we can check that box and, and eliminate that as something to worry about for you. Yep. Social Security has a couple of other features to it that you may or may not know about. Number, you know, number four now, then, is uh, how much earnings history is my Social Security based on? You know, Speaking of the pension, some mm-hmm. of that's only based on three years or five years. It's 35 years of work history. And so pretty, pretty long period of time and, and pretty um, elaborate calculation that goes into it. So you don't need to worry if you had a, a strange occurrence in your income, you know, one year or an anomaly or you stayed at home with the kids or something like that. Often that's not going to not going to move things significantly. It's based on 35 years. And then the other is uh, the last thing we'll hit before we get into the most common questions is within Social Security, there is a disability insurance component and even a life insurance component if you have minor kids. Now, your CFP is going to tell you that's not enough. It's not adequate. That's not adequate coverage to manage those risks fully for you. But my goodness, in the most tragic of circumstances, what an unbelievable benefit. And guys, I've seen it. I've seen it in my own family, the, the, the value of those, of those benefits. So be aware of it when you're doing that comprehensive financial planning with your CFP and you're talking through protection planning, they're modeling out, well, these what-if scenarios, this will be part of it, and it's a, it's a meaningful benefit for you that then you can look to see, well, what else can you do to self-insure or manage this risk as well? So those are just five quick facts, and I know we're leaving a lot on, on, on the bone there, but what are some of the most common questions that people ask when they actually sign up for Social Security. When should you sign up? Uh, When's your first check? All that sort of stuff. We've got that and more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What are the most common questions that we have fielded over the decades when it comes to signing up for Social Security and how it works. We're helping with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online. WiseMoneyShow.com is where you can find us. And then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. So regardless of of what your view or opinion is, political opinions even, on, on, on Social Security, it's, it's likely going to be a significant component of your retirement. So like Josh said in last segment, make sure that you're planning ahead decades in advance to, so that you've got the right supplements and that you are ready to optimize Social Security for your situation. Work with your CFP, build that five-factor retirement plan, and optimize it for you. Now, once you've worked with your CFP and said, yep, I'm ready to start drawing my Social Security right now. I, I know when we're doing it and I'm ready to sign up. Then, what are the most common questions? The first is, all right, so then when should I actually apply, and how do I do that? Yeah. Uh, you know, to me, 
the the timing of when you go sign up for Social Security, and again, you're framing this not as, hey, at what age should I start drawing? No, you've already decided the age, and now we're coming up on that date. When do you put it in the calendar? Yeah, right? That's right. more of the, the question, the mechanics of, of actually signing up. And we, we usually say, hey, two to three months before you want the income to start rolling in, it's good to start getting all of your ducks in a row. And it's not just Social Security. You can throw Medicare um, into the mix as well because often when you're walking away from a paycheck, you're also walking away from uh, employer-provided benefits like health insurance plans and things like that. And so you want to be able to step off of that paycheck, step off of that group plan right on to Social Security and right on to, to Medicare. That, that's often how people want to do it. So if you're planning ahead, planning ahead for two to three months uh, out to just get an appointment scheduled or to plan to go online. There, there's actually three different methods for signing up. You can go online. That's becoming way more popular because people want to just be able to do it themselves from the comfort of their own home. Um, sign up online. There's a kind of a wizard that walks you through the, the whole process. You're filling out forms and things like that. I've always been kind of old school, and I've always encouraged people to schedule a time to go down to the Social Security office because I often see in their eyes, many of our clients, it's like, man, I, I want to have someone walking through this with me. And a Social Security Administration representative or, or someone working there, having them click the buttons, having them fill out the form and everything, it gives some peace of mind. It's also a, a human being that you can ask some clarifying questions of. And there's a third way, and I actually just recently uh, did this with a client. We scheduled a phone call. You can schedule the appointment by phone and she came into the office and, again, was just kind of nervous, wanted to have someone walking through this with her. And we did the, the call together and um, got her all signed up. We were retroactively scheduling um, Social Security to begin. She had already reached full retirement age, and so she was eligible. You, you can actually go back to your full retirement age, which is stated for you on your Social Security benefits based on when you were born, uh, on your benefit statement. Um, or you can go back six months. Yeah, I think you can only go back six months. That's what I was thinking as well. You can't go, uh, here's what I'm saying. You can't go back past or earlier than your full retirement age retroactively. But you can go back up, up to, to six, six months. months. That's okay, right. yes. That's, yeah, that sounds better. Yeah, so, okay, let me just summarize that real quick. There's three ways that you can actually sign up for your Social Security online. And I actually, they've been improving the website, ssa.gov. And I've had more and more people that have felt comfortable doing it. Yeah, where for I've, sure. I've said, hey, try it online, and if not, make an appointment. And, yeah, I was able to do it online. Yep. Okay, so, In so, 15 minutes. So be aware of or less. <laughs> uh, so no, be seriously, it, it is. It is. It's that simple. It is. Awesome. So online, or you can schedule an appointment either by phone or in person. There was a time due to labor shortages and COVID where they said, we are not doing in-person appointments. Yeah. And my guess is because of labor shortages, we might get back to that point. So um, so those are your your three ways. How quickly before you have want the payments to start, do you sign up? Social Security actually says you can sign up four months in advance. That seems a little overkill. Two to three months is, is typically what we recommend. Yeah. The thing that I like is, as Joshua talks about going old school and going in and talking to someone, 
if you have lived a fairly simple life, if you got married early, stayed married your whole life, worked uh, at a few different jobs, you can look at your earnings history and it all looks right and everything is really straightforward, then doing it online is 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 a non-event. I mean, it's it's actually almost boring. You think, I I was involved with this system for all these years, and it took me 15 minutes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is that simple. Now, when, you, when you'd want to go in and talk to somebody is if you uh, were married to someone and they died, and or if you were married to someone for a period of years and you got divorced, and the question is, do I do it off my previous spouses? Am I am I getting my benefit? Am I getting a benefit based on my previous spouses? Am I getting a benefit based on my... Go ahead. Yeah, we've taught this several times. That's going to be the, the, the fifth most common question. We're going to get to it later on. And, but that brings me back to what information do you want to have at the ready when you are signing up online or when you're going into the appointment? Obviously, you're going to need your social security number. Yep. And then where you were born, that's going to help to identify who you are, names of your employers, where you've worked the, the past uh, the past couple of years. Then yes, current um, information about your, or information about your current marriage or previous marriages. And that could be spouses or former spouses, social security number, date of birth, um, when you were married, when you got divorced, that sort of thing. And then um, I don't know if the social security administration, if they mail checks anymore. I think they're doing most of it or all of it direct deposit. And yeah, so I that's think, what you want. Right? I think they're forcing everyone. Make sure you've got your bank account number and routing number as well when you're when you're signing up. So, OK, so then the next most common question that we get, especially as you are staging out a retirement income plan going from, yep, I get that paycheck every two weeks or I get paid once a month. And now when's the new income source is going to start? Okay, my social security, that's going to be, you know, and this date and this month, and I've got my IRA lined up to be deposited on the first blah, blah, blah. When will you actually get your first payment? Well, two things that I'd mention. One is you're going to get your first payment the month after you've applied. So if you said, I want my benefit to start in January, the January benefit is paid in February. It makes no sense. Yep. It makes no sense. So you need to be aware of that, number one. And then second, the day of the month that you get your Social Security based is based on when you were born. Yes, exactly. And it's going to be a Wednesday. We can tell you that much. Which Wednesday of the month it's going to be every single month. It depends on what time of the, the month you or what part of the month you were born in. So essentially, the government has broken the typical month into thirds. And the first 10 days, if you were born in the first 10 days of whatever month you were, you were born in, you're going to get your monthly payout. Your deposit is going to happen on the second Wednesday of every month. If you're in the middle third of the month, that's when you were born, you're going to fall on the third Wednesday of the month. And then finally, you guessed it, if you were born in the last third of the month, then you're going to be receiving your payout on the fourth Wednesday of each month. So from the 20th, if your birthday is the 21st or after of whatever month, then it'll be the fourth Wednesday of the month. Now, does this really matter? Yeah, it, it actually does. Because this might influence, well, when when are you going to have your supplement to Social Security? So your withdrawal from your IRA or your investment account or um, other sources of income. When do you want those to come in? I don't know about you guys, but most 
people that I've served, they want to have it staggered. So if they're the fourth Wednesday or the third Wednesday of the month, they want their IRA withdrawal happening on the first. Yeah, essentially, if you're used to getting a paycheck every other week throughout your entire working career, it's nice to essentially have some deposits coming into your bank account, even in retirement, that are spread out over a similar time frame. So Social Security is going to deposit when your Wednesday is up, and maybe you set an IRA distribution to happen you know, on, on an alternate Wednesday a couple weeks later or something. That's right. Okay, what are some of the other most common questions? Is Social Security taxable? Can you withhold from it? Can I keep working? What happens if I'm married or if I was married? We're going to explain all of that and more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Is your Social Security taxable? And if so, can you and should you withhold taxes on it? We're helping with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFT studio, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast. Wherever you listen, search the Wise Money Show, follow us there or subscribe to it and rate the program there. We appreciate it. Talking about Social Security, my goodness, something that applies to everyone shouldn't be this complicated. And yet it is. It is. And and therefore, over the years, as we've helped thousands of people not only plan for Social Security and plan to optimize it, because it can it can. I was doing a retirement analysis for some folks earlier uh, this week where drawing Social Security one way made their confidence rate of their thousand different trials of of their of their retirement plan have an 83 percent confidence rate, I believe. If we shifted it from drawing Social Security at their full retirement age, if the only thing we changed was drawing Social Security immediately at retirement, it moved that confidence rate from 83% confident down to 67% confident, well below where I expected. Hmm. But it makes a meaningful difference how you draw and how you optimize. So that's extremely important. Work with your CFP on that. Past that, though, you've already done that work. You're ready to sign up. Now, what are the most common questions? So when should you apply? How do you do it? When will you get your your first payment? What day of the month? We've addressed that. Is it taxable? And should you withhold? Can you withhold taxes? I mean, we've certainly seen clients who pay no tax on their Social Security some years. Mm -hmm. And the, the reason I emphasize that it's some people sometimes is because it's a calculation that's done every single year uh, to determine how much of your Social Security is even going to be included on the tax return um, or, or in your taxable income. And it's a calculation that essentially looks at all of your various sources of income and adds in half of your Social Security and then measures it against certain thresholds. And when, when that calculation gets high enough for you, then Social Security starts getting pulled into the actual tax return or counted amongst your sources of income. And uh, for a married couple, that begins when your sources of income get up over 32000 If you're an individual taxpayer, then it's 25000 And so once, once this calculation gets over those thresholds, they start adding more and more of your Social Security, and it can get as high as... 85% of your Social Security benefits actually being counted on the return. Now, Kevin and I have tried to explain that to some people <laughs> before, and what they heard was, 
they're going to take 85% of my social security benefits away from me in the form of taxes? No, that's not what we're saying. We're saying 85% will of your social security can be counted in your tax return when calculating what your overall tax will eventually be. Subject to tax. And I'm glad they make it 85% because that's way simpler than yeah. it just it makes being perfect sense, right? all of your social security is subject to taxation. Yeah. So the answer is it might be. And depending on your situation, it will be always, no matter the circumstance. Or it could be, well, most years it's not. Some years it will be. And this is sort of one area of emphasis you want to you want to have in your tax planning. If you're in a situation where, all right, we've got this pension income and we need to supplement Social Security to meet our lifestyle of X amount. And it looks like, OK, you're going to pay tax on your Social Security every year. There's just there's just no way around it or a different a different um, way to look at that is, well, we've got this pre-tax IRA balance and we're reaching or we've reached our required minimum distribution age and our RMD is su such that we're gonna need to pay tax on social security every year. Yeah. You wanna be aware of that. Ideally, you wanna be aware of that way ahead of time and do some proactive tax planning to maybe help limit or prevent or plan around that. That's right, because there are many people uh, have fixed incomes like you were just describing. The pension's always the pension amount. Others don't have a pension and their income is just dependent upon, well, how much am I pulling out of my IRA each year uh, in addition to my Social Security? And the amount that you pull out of your, your retirement accounts, out of those nest eggs, is your choice at some level. Now, you might say, well, I have no choice. I've got these expenses. I need to cover them. So I'm kind of backed into a corner. I have to pull a certain amount out in order to live the life that I, I want to. And that's, that's fine. But to the extent that you have discretion on the timing or the amount that you pull out of your accounts, you now have the ability to plan around or influence the portion of your Social Security that's going to be countable. You have the ability to try to peg yourself into certain tax brackets from year to year just because you have choice. You have flexibility. Yeah. And that choice also uh, is, is in which account do you draw from? Do you draw from Roth? Do you draw from pre-tax? Have you repurposed your HSA? and treated that as a retirement account? Do you have medical expenses where you can draw out of the HSA, either current medical expenses or reimbursable medical expenses where you can draw out of that uh, and, and have that money not land on your tax return? So all sorts of tax planning options available to you. Now, should or can you withhold taxes on it? Yes, you can. Should you? I, guys, I don't know, what do you guys think? To me, for an individual who yeah, you're going to have to pay tax on your Social Security every year, the, the maximum amount. You've got pensions or you've got other things. This is just going to happen. In that scenario, I would say yes, withhold on it. The folks where mm. eh, sometimes taxable, sometimes not. Well, so the, the tricky thing is you can withhold federal, you can't withhold state. Yep. So the, 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 the this is one of the things that gives people a tax surprise, at least early in retirement, because they say, wait a minute, why – why, am, why do I owe all these taxes? And the reality is most people don't know what they pay in taxes. They only know if they owe or are getting a refund. So you really want to sit down with your certified financial planner 
and do a tax projection that says, look, this is what it's going to be, and this is the, the freight that you're going to pay on Social Security, how do you want to pay that? Do you want to, because what you might do is you might get to the end of the year, distribute from your IRA and withhold an amount to Fed, withhold an amount to state and get the taxes paid Yep, is, is one way to do it. Now, what I have for folks that I've talked to about this when they're signing up for Social Security and we want to withhold taxes on it, I've often told, I, well, it's not often. This is what I tell them. When you're signing up, see if you can withhold taxes. I'm confident you're not going to be able to find it. Through the application process, it's almost like Social Security wants you to think it's not taxable. It's after the fact. So I, I'm hoping that I have enough people convinced in politics that, hey, this needs to be part of the enrollment process, that the Social Security Administration will change it. But as of right now, I don't really, it's either so well hidden, no one can find it, or it's not even a question when you're enrolling. Most people then have to go back and request withholdings. And you do that on a, I believe it's a W-4V, a voluntary withholding request. And on that form, I don't have it pulled up in front of me. But it looks like a, a W-9 sort of where you're just filling in your normal personal information, your social security number, who you are, that sort of stuff. Okay, I've just pulled it up. And then down below, it says, what inc what percentage would you like withheld for taxes? And your options are 7% as if there's a 7% tax rate, 10%, 12%, or 22%. Now, they're going to withhold that on your entire social security income, not just on 85% of it or not just on uh, on another amount. So so those are your options. Figuring out the exact right one has, well, it's very complicated. You need to do that proactive tax planning, number one. But number two, know that that has a significant impact on your cash flow. Had an individual who signed up for Social Security, was withholding 22% on it, was nowhere near the 22% tax bracket, and yet needed to draw more money out of their IRA because they're, to supplement their Social Security because their Social Security was so low. No way. That meant they were paying way more tax than they should have and getting an enormous refund. Didn't, didn't make sense. So working with your CFP, making this adjustment, once you fill out this form, I think you have to still just mail it in or you can drop it off at, at the local office. But it's very archaic. This is still very much old school, the withholding on it. But if you're take anything away from it, from this, the, the conversation about withholding is do tax planning, do tax planning, be proactive, aware that my Social Security might be taxable depending on my choices. Therefore, what choices should I make now to help give me the most options or the most beneficial treatment from a tax standpoint with Social Security? So, All right, we've got more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFT studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show, as well as a lot of other content, is on the YouTube channel. I'm just going to tell you right now, we had some very interesting banter. One thing we haven't talked about with Social Security is the insolvency and that risk or probability uh, of of that happening and gosh during the i think the at the first break we had a pretty in-depth conversation about that 
uh, in between segments. So go to YouTube, search The Wise Money Show, subscribe to it there. Turn on notifications because not just the talk show is on that channel, but lots of other content that airs every single day of the work week. So uh, search The Wise Money Show on YouTube, subscribe to it there. All right, we're in the middle of the most common questions we get from folks as they're signing up for Social Security and about that process. So instead of just waiting to receive these questions, we are preparing them ahead of time with these answers. So once I turn on Social Security, can I keep working? Or differently, because I don't, I don't know if most people ask that, but it's something that we want to hit because, well, what if you retire because you're running away from work or you've got all this other stuff that you want to do and then you you either get an offer you can't refuse to return to work or you don't like it. I mean, I, I probably half the folks that, oh, I've got so much I want to do. After six months, they run out of stuff to do. <laughs> and they start wondering, well, do I either fill that time with a hobby or a new interest or do I maybe return to work? And so, so how does it work? How does Social Security work when you're when you go back to work or when you keep working? Well, if you retire and draw Social Security at age 62, you get whatever your reduced benefit is from your full retirement amount. And then if you decide, hey, I'm going to go back to work in 2023, you can go back to work and earn $21,240. And your Social Security benefit is not reduced at all. If you earn it reduced any further than it already was in that case, right? Yes. I'm 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 sorry. Yes. So you, you, the the your monthly check that you would get at 62, which is reduced from your full retirement age, is not reduced any further. Yep. That's probably a better way to say it. Um so then you go you decide you're going to go back to work and you are going to go back to work part-time and make $30,000. So you're north of the 21,240. So for every uh, every two dollars above that, your social security will be reduced by one dollar. So if you just to and we're not supposed to do math on the radio. So basically, let's call that nine thousand dollars above the the magic number. So I my social social security will be reduced by about forty five hundred dollars. Now, there are some options, which is, is not the, the meaning of the show today, to figure out, okay, well, should I pause Social Security? Should, what, what else should I do? All you want to know is that in, before the year that you hit full retirement age, it's a p- pretty punitive reduction. But people will say, then I shouldn't go back to work at all. And I say, no, go back to work and make the 30 grand. Because if you go to work and make the 30 grand, plus you're getting your Social Security, yes, your Social Security is getting reduced by 4,500 bucks, but you are financially so much farther ahead. That's right. That you should, that you, I would encourage you to do it, especially if, the, if you can, can come up with some good reasons why. You want yeah. to do that? I, I I would encourage anyone. Yeah, you may have some fun things that you want to do with that extra thirty thousand dollars. It might take some pressure off of your retirement nest egg because you're you're earning the paycheck instead of drawing it out of your investment accounts. That can have major improvements or major implications yes. for your your likelihood of success in retirement. Working a little bit longer 
is always good for you. The, the issue of um, are you going to get penalized by working after you already started drawing Social Security, that penalty goes away once you reach your full retirement age. Yeah. Okay? So full retirement age, if you don't know what your full retirement age is, you need to go look it up. Like this is an age that you just need to know because the freedoms that come after you cross that age threshold – and it, it may be age 66 and so many months. It could be 67, could be as high, you know, on its way to 68. Who, who knows how high the full retirement age is going to go for future generations and everything. But here's what it allows you to do. It allows you to get the full benefit that it was promised to you without a reduction for going early. Mm-hmm. And it allows you to, if you want to, keep on working an unlimited amount with no penalties or, or further reductions on your Social Security benefit. You, you just have maximum options available to you once you get to full retirement age. I mean, I've often wondered, what's the purpose of a full retirement age? Why, why, who cares? You can draw Social Security. Delaying even one month will increase your payment just a little bit. So you just have this spectrum of when you can draw from age 62 to 70 and pick which one works for you. Now, the reason it matters is, well, are you going to go back to work? Right. Are you earning any income? Because it's at that full retirement age, whatever that special age is for you, that you can earn and earn as much as you want. Who cares? There's no penalty to your Social Security. And that's where financial planning gets really fun. Because if you have someone that says, hey, I want to turn on my Social Security at full retirement age, but they're still working... Now, all of a sudden, you say, what are we going to do with that money? And you say, all right, well, the last years of my working career, I want to kind of have as a a trial run for retirement. I've got four weeks or six weeks or whatever vacation. And you say, okay, well, use that Social Security money to fund those kind of grand vacations that you would be doing if you were retired anyway. Or use that Social Security money to fully fund your retirement plans that you might not be funding. So there are all kinds of really great financial planning options. And really the last, if you said, what are the most impactful years on my financial plan? They're the last years that you work. Yep. No matter when those are. If, if, that's age, if, if that's age 56, if that's age 66, the last years that you work will have the most impact. Yeah, I agree. There's cool stories that we've gotten to see where those last years fall between full retirement age and age 70 as well, mm-hmm. because you can delay past your full retirement age and watch your social security benefit grow even more. That can have a benefit for your spouse if you pass away someday. Their survivor benefit can be improved as well. So yeah, the, the longer that you delay, the longer that you work, the more powerful your resources become in helping you achieve your retirement outlook. All right. Kevin tried to get us out of order. Didn't work. Nice try. Last most so common question is, hey, I'm I'm married. How does this spousal benefit work? And you know what? The one that I love is when you share, and this is the quick and dirty version. Hey, for, for you, you, you get to draw your own Social Security or half of your spouse's, whichever is higher. And when the person all along was thinking, Wait, 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 wait. We just don't get to receive the higher of the two. You mean we each get one? And so it's like, yes, that's how that works. And it is, oh my goodness, that is fantastic. <laughs> so, but it's not exactly that. It depends on your ages and whatnot, but but that's essentially the spousal benefit. Um, if 
you draw before your full, excuse me, at your full retirement age, but your spouse, it's best for them to receive half of half of yours, and they're younger than their full retirement age, then they're going to get the equivalent of half and then still get that early, early withdrawal um, reduction. If you say, well, then no, 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 I will wait until 70 and my spouse will be 68 and then they will draw half of mine. No, they get half of your full retirement age amount. Mm-hmm. So there's just no, there's some unique situations there that you might want to work with your CFP on. And and the other is sometimes you get this particular, uh, well, I it's not that I receive, my spousal benefit is half of my spouse's. I know you actually get your own plus a spousal benefit and it equals half. I described earlier uh, helping a client do a phone call with Social Security Administration to get signed up. And she was signing up for her own benefit because she had reached full retirement age. Her husband's still working though. Mm. And about a year from now, he plans to retire. And when he does, now all of a sudden, uh, the, the wife in this case, she's going to get to draw now half of his full retirement age benefit, which is going to be better than what her own work history was was generating. So yep. spousal benefit is a way for you to, uh, it, it's one of the things that you want to optimize, one of the things that you want to maximize and understand how that works because it can affect the timing of when each spouse draws. All right. Work with your certified financial planner. Do that proactive planning on Social Security and, and optimize how it's going to work in your financial life. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. You always slurp yeah. before we start. <laughs> I think it's, it's Pavlov's dog. Or <laughs> okay, let's make it a good show. <laughs> Can't help himself. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.